Welcome to The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth Podcast with your host, Chris Durow. Years ago, Chris was a firefighter and a paramedic and witnessed many people not getting another tomorrow, and it shaped who he is now as a financial strategist. Chris doesn't just help people plan for a secure tomorrow, he helps them plan for a better today. Chris lives and works in Burlington, Ontario, and runs an advisory practice named Three Hats Financial. Let's get to it. Answer me this. How long do you expect to live? And how do you want to live that life? I'm Patrice Sikora, and while that may sound like a trick question, Chris DeRoe of Three Hats Financial tackles it right now in his podcast, The Ride. Now, Chris, you've previously talked about how this is not a practice life. Could you revisit that for a moment for us? Yeah, I go over that quite a bit. I say that a lot to my friends, clients, all of that. Same thing as basically life isn't a rehearsal. We've got one shot at this and that's what all this all this talking on these podcasts is about is trying to get the best life we possibly can with the time that we have left. What I find with a lot of clients is like when we're sitting down and planning and things like that, a lot of them talk about, well, one day I'm going to do this and one day we'll do this, but first this has to happen and then eventually we'll get over this and then we can do do that that thing we're talking about. And if you, if you, I use a, like a, a hand exercise where I hold my two hands up, like I'm about to clap. And with that gap, how they're talking is I just keep moving the hands along, but the gap stays the same. And I go, this is how you're talking to me right now saying one day, one day, one day, one day. But then I go, realistically, it's more like this. And I take my two hands and I start putting them closer together narrowing the gap because that's really it. Every day that we wake up, it, potentially is obviously one day closer to one uh, not being here. And I, I know that can sound depressing, but the whole point of this is to make us think of what do I really want? What, what is really important to me now? Because I just find with life so many people, and I was just as guilty as well, we just fill it with so much unnecessary things and stress and waste our time, which is such a valuable resource that we can't make more of but we're just not that aware of it on a regular basis. And now here we are, we're, we're talking, and talking is great, but we're talking life expectancy. Give me a picture. How can we picture this? So I read a, a recently a very interesting article by Tim Urban, and uh, it's called Wait But Why. And it kind of blew my mind. Like I, I talk about this a lot, and obviously I'm very passionate about it from my past experiences and dealing with clients' lives and everything like that. But he, his article put a definite, definitely a different perspective on it when I was looking at it because he, what he has done is he refers to the average life expectancy of around 90 years of age, but he lays it out on a single piece of A4 paper, which is just a regular piece of paper. And the scary thing about it, which kind of blew my mind, is that it only took up an eighth of the page of, 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 this, of your entire life mapped out on one page. And then he writes it out in months. So it just took up a quarter of the page. And then he goes down to weeks and he just keeps breaking it down. But when you see like the little bubbles that you can check mark off in months from the age you are now to the age of 90, it kind of sat me back like, whoa, <laughs> okay. That definitely gives me a different visual on this. So it was just really interesting to see that laid out like that. And it definitely makes you think. And remind me, too, of, of your past experience. You were a firefighter and a paramedic, right? 
Yeah. So as we mentioned previously, I was, I came from a very different route into the financial planning, financial advisor world where I came from a career initially of firefighting and paramedic. So basically responding every day you're going and responding to a lot of people that woke up that day, kissed their spouse on the cheek, thought they had the rest of their life to get all these things done. And unfortunately they never came home or their life was severely altered that day. That really resonated with me a lot as I was a 20 year old kid responding to these calls and coming home after those shifts and being like, wow, like that person woke up today and thought they had the whole rest of their life to do everything. And that was just yanked out from under them completely out of their control. And it just really made me think from a young age, like how, how important all of this was to just make sure that we're really spending our time on what really counts. The other thing that, that helped really kick this into high gear for me was I had mentioned previously too, that when my youngest had gotten sick and being in that hospital with her for quite a while, like those were some of my darkest days. And that really made me change things even more so to make sure that I was really spending time on the important things in life and not, not wasting energy or time on things out of my control or getting upset or being pissed off at something and keeping that bottled in. Like it's, if it's out of your control and wasting that energy, it just didn't make much sense. So it took, like I'm by no means am I the guru of this. It just took past experiences for me to definitely think this way. And that's when this whole push towards my clients' lifestyles and all of that, that I wanted to help more and more people realize this because I just saw how important it was for my own life. And we're putting a number, a number on years, a number of, on life expectancy, 90 years or so. But this also means that we're kind of putting a number on the years left with your parents, as you put it down, summers with kids, even walks with the dog. But, you know, it, is it depressing or can we look at it? Is there a positive spin here? Well, no, I, I see it as positive. Like the other day when I was speaking about this to my wife, Tina, she's like, oh, that's depressing. I don't want to hear that. And, I, and I, it made me sit back. I go, yes, it can be, but I guess it depends on how you look at it. At the end of the day, it's reality. We all know that there's no tomorrows. They're, they're not necessarily guaranteed. It's just that a lot of people don't treat it like that. So we just want to make sure that people realize that and they're just utilizing their time in the best way they possibly can. Like how many hours are wasted watching TV, commuting, uh, as I mentioned before, being upset on things we can't control, etc. It's just really focusing on what's important and like for example i'm 42 and if i just use a age of i'm going to be really active till i'm age 75 could be shorter could be longer i don't know but i'm just going to use that that number for now that means i have 32 summer i love summer so i really really enjoy summer so that means i have 32 summers left of being really active and what that makes me think of is it's not depressing it just makes me look at like okay i want to make each one count Every fall, I want to be sitting back and being, wow, that was an awesome summer. And 2019, I absolutely did that with my family and friends that in the fall that had just passed, my, myself and my son were just sitting there like, that was by far the best summer that we had, we, we've ever had. And my son, Chase, is like, well, Dad, how are we going to top that next year? And I go, I don't know, but we're going to try because that was a lot of fun. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a positive spin there. That's wonderful. There is. And I guess I guess the one part that would that bugs me a little bit, but at the end of the day it's it's still reality is that it's the part with my kids. 
because I have 11 year old, eight year old and six year old. And it's, it is just a ton of fun. And I figure, okay, by the time my oldest is 17, I probably, she's not going to be looking at me like I'm too cool anymore. And that dad's pretty, she looks at me like dad's embarrassing now, but she's really going to be looking at me like (laughs) dad's embarrassing. I would guess people that have older kids probably might know this better than me, but that's what I assume from what I'm seeing. So then I just think, okay, so that's around six summers left where all three kids are fully engaged and want to go and do everything. And dad's still cool. Once again, I could be wrong. I could have more. I could have less, but. Oh, come on. You're going to have more. You'll have lots more, but go ahead. Yeah, but I just mean I'm going to have lots of summers with my kids, but I mean like while they're young and that 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 fun time where they want to be with you and engage mm-hmm. and not necessarily going all the time with their friends and that. So it's just taking those things to make you think and making sure that you're making them all count. And and you have a point here. You know, you living in the same place as the people you love seems to matter. I mean, it actually makes sense, but but what makes it something to think about? So that was in, in Tim's article, he puts that, that he, so he uses an example of his parents while he was living with them. Like most of us do until we graduate high school. And he says in his article that he figures he's used up 93% of his in-person parent time while he was with them. And after he had graduated high school. So he says he's about in his last 6% of time with them, which yeah, that can kind of sound a bit depressing, but it also makes you realize. And because you have to like with, I can totally see that. Of course you saw them every single day. And then now once you're, you're older and have your own family and everything else, depending on where your parents live in that, you may not see them as much as you'd like. Mm -hmm. And he came to the conclusion that obviously living near people that you love matters quite a bit because it just gives you that much more time with them. And I completely understand that statement. Now, of course, it's not possible for everyone with careers and everything else going on that they're necessarily two blocks away from their parents or or other loved ones. But it's just, once again, a tool to make you think that when you do have the time with them for Christmas, holidays, random visits, all that stuff, that you just really want to make it count. All right, so now we've we've learned that you know living in the same place as the people you love really does matter. You've got the time there. When you look at what time you've got left, you want to make the best of it. But now tell me about this concept of time too, because you were talking about something else and how money isn't the real way we buy something. Time plays a part in here. Yeah, so this one's interesting. Uh, why this one? Uh, I talk about this with with clients and things like that. Is this? <laughs> This really resonates with me, and I'll, I'll, I'll get into an example of a sec with, with when I first had met my wife, Tina. But what I mean by that is when you begin to see your purchases through the lens of exchanging life rather than dollar bills, you can then kind of better appreciate the weight of those purchases and understand what their actual full cost is. So for <laughs> my wife, Tina, she, when we met, she was still going through university and all of that. And when she graduated and for her master's or with her physiotherapy and she started to get a paycheck, it was a big deal to her because like most students, she was broke going through university and all of a sudden now she's getting a decent paycheck and it was exciting for her to get that. And it wasn't by any means me to crush anything of her spending, but initially she started to spend like uh, just a decent amount. She's never been a huge spendthrift. And I remember using the thing I was in, in our kitchen, our town home when we were, we, were, we were just dating. And I said, well, the pair of pants you had, like that took X amount of hours for you to, at the hospital to work for those pairs of pants. 
And I remember it kind of stopped her in her tracks and she goes, don't ever do that to me again. I hate that. (laughs) (laughs) So like another example I can give of that is someone making $60,000 a year at a 40 hour work week. And if they bought an iPhone for, I think they're around 1200 bucks, that would cost a person approximately one week and two hours of time for that. Or say a dinner for four of 80 bucks could be a third day of work. So it's just keeping those things in mind. It's not to just crush people for buying things and that, but it really is to make them aware of that you're exchanging hours of your life for material possessions. And are those important at this stage? If yes, then great. If not, it makes you think, well, then great. Like certain things that can replace that is like the value of a 45 minute walk with your spouse or 10 minutes to talk to your kid about their day before they go to bed. I make sure I do that every single night and it's never 10 minutes, always longer than that, just because I know that is not going to always be there. So I just cherish that every night before all three of them go to bed, taking time individually with them, lying down in their bed and just going through their day. And it's just, I just, that is literally one of the most important parts of each day I have. And I just look so forward to that each night. So basically what it is, is just, a bit of an exercise to help people realize how many hours of their life goes into a purchase. And why this is really important nowadays is electronic spending. And what I mean by that Mm -hmm. is we spend so much faster because of tap and go PayPal, PayPass, all of that. Like originally when the credit cards came out where you could just swipe them quick or flash them, it was a, it was a much smaller amount. Now they can, it's well, at least a hundred. I know Costco's credit card now is like 300. And by doing that, it just makes you spend so much quicker without thinking. So that's why I find this exercise is even more important now than it used to be because with cash, you'll always kind of spend less, but with electronic spending, vendors are seeing it. There's all kinds of studies and everything on this, how much faster we are spending. Right. Never thought of it that way, but you're absolutely right. It's so easy. It's so easy just to go online and tap a button. Chris, this is a great concept, you know, time and money. Do you teach this to your kids? Yes, absolutely. They, all three of them have a paper route. So they're dealing with, which is good because it's, it's still physical money. So it makes them have to use math and exchange currency back and forth for yeah. their tips and things, which is fantastic because I, I, I don't want them just using debit cards and things already. So with the paper route, it's been great for that. But yes, I absolutely do. So my son is very good at this with realizing, well, I can save this and I have to deliver so many papers each time a month and I'm going to keep putting money aside. Because last summer, he had saved up a whole bunch of money to buy half of his uh, ATV, his four-wheeler. My girls, on the other hand, they tend to spend a bit quicker. So it's not that we're trying to just like not have them spend money. It's just, we just try to make them think. So they, they love going to the dollar <laughs> yes. store. And I just always say, okay, so that's X amount of dollars. You have to do approximately how many papers to get that money. Is that important to you? Is that a good buy? And I just, and it doesn't matter to me if they buy it or not. It's just, just trying to make them think with that. That's, so it is a good little exercise. It is. That's a very good equation to use. How much time and how many newspapers is this going to cost you? Now, okay, so it works with the kids. What about your clients? An absolute ton. So with the clients, the ones in retirement, it's a, it's, it's a different conversation because a lot of them, they've obviously 
saved and, and have money for retirement. That's why most of them are retired. And with them, I have to push them to spend money, which may sound odd, but with so many of my retirees, I'm trying to push them to spend because we've done the planning. We've done the crash testing. There is more than enough money here for a lot of these, a lot of my clients. And I have to try and get them to spend because I want them to spend the money on the experiences. I always tell them there's the three phases of retirement. There's go, go, slow, go, and no go. And and the active phases of retirement, it doesn't matter when you retire. The first decade is going to be the most, most active. And that's where a majority of the memories and experiences are going to be made. So with them, you, I really want to make sure that they're not just not spending because of all this fear. Because with, a, with them, a lot of their money mindset, they're so nervous to spend and they'll scale back on things or not take trips and, and do things. Mm-hmm. And I'm there to make sure like, hey, we've done all the planning. That money cannot be your reason here for not taking that river cruise. If there's other reasons, that's fine. But don't put it on money because it's right here. And I literally just had this example with a client yesterday where she wants to take another river cruise with her husband and his health is kind of starting slowly not to be the best. And I just thought the meeting was just pushing her saying, look, you have enough money. Here it is. Absolutely. Go take that trip. Don't think twice. Your, your husband, let's call him John is health is starting as you said to decline a bit. Like there's no, you're, you're taking this trip. That was my, my worry at the end of, of the <laughs> good, meeting. Good. And she was just looking for that, that answer of yes or relief for someone that oversees everything for her. And it was just that peace of mind that the smile and how happy she was just joking around with the receptionist as she left. Like she was just so excited because, which is weird because it's her own money. She could do whatever she wants. She was just looking for that permission yeah. and that sense of, okay, you're right. Why are we saving this? This doesn't make sense. It just felt, it, I, I love that part of my job. Like it, I, I just was on a high after that because it's just so enjoyable seeing these, these, these clients just so happy realizing that, okay, I'm, I'm fine. Everything's planned out here. We can do this. And you're the one that's helped them do it. Yeah. And it just, yeah. I love that part. So Chris, this is really thought provoking and I'm sure it's going to prompt a lot of soul searching among your friends, your fans, but is there a way someone can jumpstart an assessment of their life? Yeah. So if this resonates with some listeners, which I hope it does, because you can tell by my voice how important I feel this is, don't wait for a negative thing to impact your life to reset your perspective clock and make you come back to think. Like, start now. Um, and if an art, uh, resource you can use for this is if you go to our website, threehatsfinancial.ca, and download our white paper, it goes through all of this and helping people figure out how they can maximize to get the best return on their life. And it has the tools to help them assess and take action. Like for example, there's a quality relationship time tool on there that gets you to put down a name of someone important and put down the amount of time that you've spent with them in the last month, which it's an interesting exercise because when have you ever done that and just sit there and be like, okay, well I saw my mom, Oh, okay. Wow. I saw her once this month Mm. and that was only for 10 minutes when she was dropping the kids off and putting that down on one of the tools in the white paper and just realizing like, 
So the important people in your life, how often are you seeing them in a month, every three months, every six months? And then it goes through how it's important. Like I, I have a, a day planner that I physically still write in. It, that thing comes everywhere with me. It's always with me, full of post-it notes, everything. Mm-hmm. But, but what I do is I go and first take a, a different color marker and I put in color for relationships, color for hobbies, color for fitness, color for work. And I go in there and I mark that a month in advance. And what I do is the most important thing is the family time, hobby time, fitness time, that that's what I go through first and right. put down. Okay. Cause that is, that's the most important, but most people, when they fill out a calendar, they fill out their work schedule first. This is true. This is very true. Should not be doing and, it that way, huh? No. Cause let me ask you this. If you're coming to the later stages in your life and you were to look back on it as a regret, would you, would working too much be one or spending too much time with loved ones? I think we all know the answer to that. Yeah. yeah. So then why are we scheduling the work before everything else? Now, I'm, I own my own business, so my schedule's flexible. I get there's people that work nine to five and that never changes. But there's other things like repairs around the house or doing all these other unnecessary things first that you're scheduling time or putting time for before the more important things. And now it's not to say, let your house go to, to, to crap and never fix it. <laughs> it once again is just a tool to make you think. And I'm always thinking about this for myself and my clients. And once you start to think about this more, it is such a fantastic feeling like exactly that summer, the fall, this fall, when my son and I had a chat and I remember even just his face like, dad, that was such an awesome summer. Yeah. And I was like, there is no regrets from that summer. I didn't work too much. I didn't waste really any time. There was next to no time watching TV. It was just a great, I'll always remember that summer. And now my challenge is this year to make 2020 summer even better. Good luck in that. It sounds like you did pretty yeah. well last year. <laughs> oh, I got, I got some ideas. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> is there anything else that we, we did not touch on that you wanted to mention, Chris? No, I believe that's right. it for now. Yeah. All right, great. Then Chris Duro of Three Hats Financial, thank you. To subscribe to this lifestyle and life probing podcast, simply hit the subscribe button on this page. And to share with family, friends, and colleagues, make sure to use the share button that's also available. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. All comments are of a general nature and should not be relied upon as individual advice. The views and opinions expressed in this commentary may not necessarily reflect those of IPC Investment Corporation. While every attempt is made to ensure accuracy, facts and figures are not guaranteed. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.